안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning. My dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까? Happy Easter to you and your family. What is Easter? Easter is one of the most important holidays of Christianity. It honors Jesus who rose from the dead three days after being crucified. Along with the birth of Christ, Easter is one of the most important celebrations in the Christian calendar. It is a time when Christians praise and give thanks for the resurrection of Jesus Christ after being crucified, dead, and buried. Christ rose from the tomb three days later. By doing so, he has overcome the death. Really important day today is a special Sunday, right? I hope everybody really have a meaningful time you know, with this uh, Easter. And yesterday, as you know, I came to the Minnesota, Minnesota Minister, M-I-N-N-E, -N -E, like a, looks like a mind center, mind center, Minnesota have to be like a mind center. Yesterday, I had a breakfast meeting with the, uh, with the witnessing group of the Minnesota Family Church. Wow, I can feel that really, I think, Reverend Ha, he knows how to do teamwork. He really, all of the staff and members of respect Reverend Ha, he managed it very, very well. And also I can hear the report from each one of them. I can feel like a beautiful unity and teamwork together. Teamwork is a key. Now the era of the one-man show is already over. How can work together as a teamwork? Then we had a launched, uh, launched interfaith, uh, you know, Hmong family and holy community at the Minister Family Church. We invited faith leaders and families to educate true family values and true love that go beyond the uh, uh, religions. I gave a message on the title of attribute of true love. Uh, many of them were received. It was a group photo. And then we had a question, a question answer session uh, with the churchy key leaders and members at the Minister Family Church. I think it was good. It was a group photo. And today, uh, my brothers and sisters, I'd like to talk about, again, God's ideal family and the kingdom of a peaceful ideal world one from True Mother's Anthology of Volume 2. Let's start it. God's ideal family and the kingdom of the peaceful ideal world one. Today, we are participating in the inauguration of the Universal Peace Federation. It represents God's victory, the fruit of the true parents' blood, sweat, and tears, and the world's cherished hope. It will carry out the role of an able type UN in relation to the existing United Nations for building Chanukuk. Think of the peacekeeping role of the United Nations in the past. Sometimes it withdrew its, its forces before their mission was completed. The Korean War is a good example. 
Under the banner of the Universal Peace Federation, we will serve as Peace Kingdom Police Force and a Peace Kingdom Corps to safeguard global peace. For the sake of humanity's future, I hope that you will put on new true love armor in this new age and be wise and brave activists in this worldwide peace force. Please inscribe this warning from heaven deep in your hearts. Remember that the only way to inherit heaven's lineage and establish the realm of liberation and complete freedom is through the marriage blessing established by the true parents. Moreover, the marriage blessing provides the means to establish God's ideal family and everlasting world peace. In closing, I ask you to devote your best efforts for the development and success of the Universal Peace Federation. Thank you. Yes. Yes, thank you. The Universal Peace Federation represents God's victory, the fruit of the true parents' blood, sweat, and tears, and the world's cherished hope. It will carry out the role of an able-type United Nations in relation to the existing Cain-type United Nations for building Chun Il-gub. Under the banner of the Universal Peace Federation, we will serve as a peace kingdom police force and a peace kingdom core to uh, safeguard global peace. For the sake of the humanity's uh, future, I hope that you will put on new uh, true love armor in this new age and be wise and brave acti uh, activists in this worldwide peace force. Please, uh, True Mother said, please inscribe this warning from heaven deep in your heart. Remember that the only way to inherit heaven's lineage and uh, you know, uh, permanently establish the ideal family that God has hoped for all this time is through the marriage blessing established by the true parents. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you a key point here. Again, I repeat again and again. Now, if a family federation in the role of the parents, UN, UPF, okay? UPF in the role of the able UN. WFWP in the role of the able uh, women's UN. And YSP in the role of the children's UN each fulfill their roles, then world peace will surely come about, come about. Now what remains for these four organizations is their role to completely unite and expand what could not be fulfilled in Adam's family to the world level and build world peace which he the existing UN has has failed to accomplish. And the living divine principle, uh, the providence of salvation, uh, centering on God's uh, plan of salvation. Let's study. God's work of salvation. God's work of salvation is the providence of restoration. 
God intended to create a world of goodness and experience from it the utmost joy. Yet due to the human fall, the world came to be filled with sin and sorrow. If this sinful world were to continue forever in its present state, then God would be an impotent and ineffectual God who failed in his creation. Therefore, God will save this sinful world by all means. To save a person suffering under the yoke of sin means to restore him to his original sinless state. Thus, God's work of salvation is the providence of restoration. Yeah, the words that the providence of salvation is the providence of restoration mean returning to the bosom of God. That is to say, returning to the world of God's heart. Continue. The human fall was undoubtedly the result of human mistakes. Nevertheless, God also assumed some responsibility for the outcome because it was he who created human beings. God, the eternal subject partner, created us to live eternally because he wanted to share eternal joy with human beings as his object partners. Yes. The human fall was undoubtedly the result of the human mistakes, of course. Nevertheless, God also assumes some responsibility for the outcome because it was He who created human beings. This is a very important point, my brothers and sisters. Parents undertake the responsibility for their children's mistakes as if those are their own mistakes. God tried to eternally take responsibility for you and for me. God did not only judge and Adam and Eve's fall. He also wanted to take responsibility over it forever. True parents also try to eternally take responsibility Overall, bless the families, bless in the in their names, as well as for humankind. You know, God created human beings, right? That's why, as the creator, he wants to be responsible. Even though Adam and Eve made a mistake, but half of the parents want to be responsible. This is a heart of parents. Father really explained in such a way, I really admire, you know. There are always, Father talking about, there are three great qualities of a leader. Father always mentioned, you know, we need to innate from God. God has this kind of three great qualities. Okay, first one, take responsibility for object partners under any circumstances. The great point about God is that even though the fall, fall was the due to Adam and Eve's mistake, as the creator, he takes responsibility over it eternally and restore it. That is different. Okay? The mentality of the slave want to run away. That doesn't want to be responsible. But heart of the parents, heart of the owners, always want to be responsible for it. Not 
matter what, even though you made a mistake, even though children made a made mistake, and then as the parents want to be responsible for. Secondly, uh, as the uh, one of the qualities of the leader, protect them in any situation. He tried to protect me eternally. He tried to protect you eternally. When children are faced with a dangerous situation, parents will try to save their children first, even if they have to sacrifice themselves. If it is for the sake of your children, would you be able to run at any time, not caring about any sacrifice, even death, right? Thirdly, continuously nurture them through education. God eternally educate us through our conscience until we are perfected. Think about all the pain and sacrifice heaven must suffer until we reach perfection. That's why I really, I love Father's way. Do I have that kind of qualities? as a leader, as a continental director? What's the first quality? No matter what, I want to be responsible for of the partner. Not just only for my children, not just only for my family. As a continental director, any mistake, even ancestors' mistake, okay? Even our members have some mistake. As the continental director, are you ready to, be, ready to be responsible for everything? No matter what, even at risk of your life? Wow. This is calling, not just only blame American brothers and sisters, not just only blame your own children. As the parental heart, have to be responsible for. Because of God has this kind of the responsible heart. That's why he can save the human being. Secondly, protect them. And a parent is not in any situation want to protect their children at risk of their life. And then do I take of the heart to protect American brothers and sisters in any danger situation, any difficult situation as a continental director? I have that kind of the heart to protect American brothers and sisters, I want to go to the front line more than any uh, more than any American members, you know, to protect them. Do I have that kind of quality as a continental director? Very important as a leader. Just blame them, criticize them. Oh, America is very much horizontal culture, this and that. Anyone can criticize. Especially Korean can criticize American member very easily. Oh, very, very horizontal. There is no online. Easy to criticize. But do you have a heart of the protection? Always I reflect on myself. At risk of your life, like Hung Jinim, at risk of his life, protect your father, your mother. Do I have that kind of filial heart? Protect through parents. No matter what, protect through mother in any situation. You know, that really 
inside true mother's leadership as a son of a mother in any situation can you protect your mother can you protect your mother's leadership as a son how can one away from parents easy to blame mother's leadership this and that all kind of then you are not filial son then not you are filial daughter if filial son and daughter is always want to be responsible no matter what no matter what want to protect the parents do you have that kind of quality as a leader number third continuously nurture them through education wow even though adam and eve fell and then as soon as, as soon as they fell and then god already tried to restore them and continuously not to the adam and eve's heart please wake up please come back wow not to adam and eve. every second every minute all their whole life even in spiritual world and then imagine God, Heavenly Father, not to each one of the human beings, ask them to come back and continuously nurture them through education, through our conscience. God never give up. Like everybody surrender in front of God because He nurtured me, nurtured you through our conscience. God used Dr. Young to really raising an American and American brothers and sisters. God used me. I just want to be an equipment of the our heavenly parents. Right? Through sometimes God using the fundong material, divine principle, or Chan Songyong, or Pyonghua Gyong, or sometimes through leadership, through some through the morning devotion. God all always try to uh, nurture me try to raise up me this is incredible using continental director nationality central figure and able and through my conscience god put his effort so much in many ways right my brothers and sisters this is remember the three great qualities of as a leader and then in the same way god also has taken responsibility for the human fall and has protected human beings as educated us through our original mind just now mentioned god is eternal subject partner hence we as his children who are the subject partner that gives joy god must be eternal subject god's subject okay eternal subject then his children have to be eternal object partner as well right this is relationship parent and child only parents is a eternal subject and his children is not eternal subject something wrong right that's why as long as god is eternal his children have to be eternal as long as god is the like absolute his children should be uh, should be absolute object partner right amazing our divine principle really guidance is really really amazing no religion teaches us in such a way okay today's youth ministry uh 
quite really interesting content. Also, really, let's uh, study well the meaning of the human being's uh, 1% portion of responsibility. Of course, Divine Pleasure talking about the 5% of responsibility. Why he have put 1% portion means then much God is doing everything. Okay? Do not misunderstand. Originally, 5% of the responsibility. Why I put here 1%? Because God is doing actually everything. In this sense, we are talking about, I put here 1% portion of responsibility. Okay? So let's study. Serve heaven with the heart of the owner of Chanukuk. The error of Chanukuk is when we members serve God and true parents with the heart of the owners of Chanukuk. God's words to Adam and Eve, do not eat, meant for them to absolutely unite with God's word. These words meant to absolutely serve God with the heart of Hyojung and not be dominated by the horizontal environment. Simply, it meant do not do as you please. It means that if Adam and Eve did not do as they pleased, but listen to God's word, God would do 99% for them. That is why God's wish for Adam and Eve was, you both just need to properly fulfill your roles as my children. You are not you, but my son and daughter who must realize my wish. These were the words of commandments that God had promised to them. Because of that, Human beings' responsibility is just 1%. What is that 1%? I am God's. We are to keep this creed. Then God will take responsibility for the other 99%. Human beings' portion of responsibility is to just absolutely obey God's word. The divine principle talks about 5% portion of responsibility. But in fact, compared to the great God's creation, human beings' portion of responsibility is very small. So we express it as 1%. Of course, even though 1% or 5% is very small, from human beings' standpoint, it is very big. Just look at the scale of God creating man and all creation. It is unimaginable by the human mind. God's creation was created nearly 100% all by himself without the help of human beings. This means that human beings' responsibility is simply to not assert themselves, but absolutely obey God's word. Look at yourself. There's not even 1% that you can do as you please. Can you act as you please? Can your body do as it pleases? Can you live without breathing? Can you live without eating? Actually, there's nothing that we human beings can do on our own as we please. God's work, creation, and a farmer's responsibility. When looking at the structure of your mind and body, there is nothing you can do. Everything is done by God. There's nothing we can claim as our own. Human beings have struggled to realize this so far because we fell. The fall was betraying God, beginning to act as one pleases 
and becoming Satan's lineage. We need to realize this. <clears throat> Think about whether farming is easy or difficult. When spring comes, sowing the seeds is the farmer's 1% portion of responsibility that he must fulfill. The farmer's responsibility is to sow the seeds without missing the right time. If the farmer plants the seeds, making the seeds sprout, take root, grow, bloom flowers, and bear fruit is done by God. Who does more work? Compared to the work God does, human beings hardly have any work. Human beings' 1% responsibility is to not do as you please. If the farmer just sows the seeds in time and cultivates them a little, who makes the bud sprout? Who makes leaves come out from the seeds? Who makes those seeds grow? Who can make flowers bloom? The work the farmer does is almost nothing compared to God. What is the difference between a farmer farming and human beings' portion of responsibility? The divine principle says that human beings have a 5% portion of responsibility, but we can say that the work human beings do is actually closer to 1%. God does 99% of everything. Then what is human beings 1% portion of responsibility? That is to not do as you please. If human beings fulfill this 1% portion of responsibility, God says that he will take responsibility for the rest of the course of eternal life. After human beings have perfected themselves, God will provide everything they need for the rest of the course of eternal life. The meaning of human beings 1% portion of responsibility. If human beings obey God's word, the course we will walk will be smooth and easy throughout. But if we act as we please, we will be completely isolated from God. The path ahead will be dark and the means to live will be vague. Do you actually feel this? Therefore, we must fulfill our 1% responsibility well. Human beings' 1% portion responsibility is not to be self-centered, but live according to God's will. What is the 1% of the will that is bestowed to human beings? This will is the seed. The seed is to live carrying God's wish. Therefore, we need to live cherishing God's wish in our hearts. That is why God tells human beings, you were born on this earth with my wish. Human beings are the substantial beings of God's wish. Human beings who were born with God's wish cannot have self-centeredness, not even 1%. There's nothing other than you are me, I am you. Wow, very, very beautiful guidance, right? The meaning of the human being's 1% portion of responsibility, I want to summarize again, right? God's word to Adam and Eve to not eat mean for them to absolutely unite with God's word, right? As long as Adam and Eve really unite with God's word, 
then the rest, God will do everything. Just obey. Obey means absolute obedience means unite with God. Do not insist on your own self. Just unite with God. You know? Just, just yes, absolutely obedience. Because we are resultant beings, we are not causal beings, right? When, when we were born, we, we were born with the wish of God. That's why I follow. If I'm creator, then I can create something. But we are not creator. Of course, we are second creator. But first of all, we need to unite with God. Do not do as you please. Mean that if Adam and Eve did not do as they pleased, but listen to God's word, God would do 99% for them. If Adam and Eve do not listen Archangel's temp, do not, do not, uh, you know, possessed by Archangel's temptation, just obey to God's word. Unite with God's word, center your fill your heart. Just obey obedient. Okay? Just obedient. Do not have the horizontal relationship with the, with the Archangel. Then, God would do 99% for them. God wished for Adam and Eve, you both just need to properly fulfill your roles as my children. You are not you. Okay, Adam and Eve, you are not you. But my son, my daughter, who must realize my wish. Because of that, human beings' responsibility is just one person. What is that one person? I am God's. I am belong to God. Okay? We are to keep this creed that God will take responsibility for the other 90%. That's why this life of faith begins from you need to treat as God's belonging. I belong to God. Then you have a faith. When you treat yourself as God, this is the faith. You need to believe, I belong to God. That is my one person, one person, my portion of responsibility. You believe, believe in God. You treat as your, uh, as a God. Then if we have that kind of absolute faith, I belong to God, then 99% God will do everything. That's why faith is very important, faith. Okay? I treat myself as God's belonging. I am not mine. I belong to God. If you have absolute faith, then treat yourself as God's belonging. My nose belong to God. My ears belong to God. My mouth belong to God. My hand belong to God. My sexual organ belong to God. If you treat yourself as God's belonging, then the rest, God will do everything. That's why faith begins what? I treat myself as God's belonging. Then one person, our person of responsibility. God's creation was created nearly 100% all by himself without the help of the human being. This means that human beings' responsibility is simply to not assert themselves but absolutely obey God's word. God creates sun. God creates moon. God creates ocean. God creates stuff. How many stars? 
Can you count? He created almost a hundred percent. Right, my brothers and sisters, compared to God's God about God's work for my portion of responsibility, really, really nothing, almost nothing. Then what's the one percent portion of human human responsibility? Obedience. There's not even one percent that you can do as you please. Can you act as you please? Can your body do as it pleases? Can you live without breathing? Can you live without eating? Okay? Everything provided by God, right? God do not provide air. Every die, everybody die with, uh, within five minutes. All mankind die. If God do not provide air, we cannot do anything without God, right? God do not provide any food. All right? Everybody die. And what you can do actually? God does everything, almost 100%, just 1% obedient. Unite with God, clean myself as God's belonging. Adam and Eve do not have this kind of mindset. When you're looking at the structure of your mind and body, there's nothing you can do. Everything is done by God. There's nothing we can claim as our own. That's why I really appreciate who takes care of the, all the stuff. Human being never been there, right? Each corner everywhere, each stars, each trees, each plant, each fish. Who takes care of them? Who takes care of them? God is a really incredible being. He is the one who takes care of everything. All item of the cosmos. Really incredible God, right? What do you think? It is really incredible God. <laughs> when spring comes to sowing the seed is a farmer, one percent portion of responsibility that he must fulfill. The farmer's responsibility to sow the seed without missing the right time. That's why farmers respond very simple. When right time come, spring come, and then you know what that uh, sow sow the seeds. If the farmer plant the seed and making the seed sprout and take root and grow and bloom flow for flowers and bear fruit is done by God. God doing everything compared to the work God does. Human being hardly have any work. If the farmer is just a source of seed in time and cultivate them a little, who makes the birds sprout? Who makes the leaves come out from the seed? Who makes uh, those seeds grow? Who can make the flowers bloom? The work the farmer does is almost nothing compared to God. That's why you need to know that we need to really appreciate how much is God is doing everything. Who take care of the, can you imagine taking care of the, now the eight, uh, eight billion people? Each one of them. God take care of each one of the human beings. Not just only human beings on the earth. Those who passed away, 
Put aggregate the one by one. Wow, what kind of the heart? What is the size of the God's heart? I cannot imagine. We call him, he is my daddy. He is my father. This kind of the really God's amazing work is really amazing. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And even in farming, the work human beings do is actually closer to 1%. How does 90-90% of everything? Then what is human beings 1% portion of responsibility? That is to not do as you please. As you please. That's why to not do anything by your uh, centering on yourself. Treat yourself as God's belonging. Okay, what what's the fall? Fall means do it, uh, everything do as his please. This is the problem. If a human being fulfill their one percent portion of responsibility, God says that he will take responsibility for the rest of the course of eternal life. If a human being fulfill their one percent portion of responsibility, God will do everything else for the rest of the course of eternal life. That's why actually you are nothing in terms of the about the or the, the amount portion of responsibility. Of course, the human value is amazing. But in terms of the world, we are almost nothing. If a human being obey God's word, the course we will work will be smooth and easy through easy throughout. But if we act as we please we will be completely isolated from God. The path ahead will be dark, and the means to live will be vague. Therefore, we are to fulfill our 1% responsibility of absolutely obeying God's word. Do not insist on yourself. You are nothing. However, if you unite with God's word, wow, you are incredible. God treated you, same position as God. God you as a second creator. God treated you. You are my eternal object partner. What kind of blessing? It is truly amazing. Right, my brothers and sisters? Today we are talking about the meaning of the human beings, one portion, one person portion of responsibility. When I think about that, I meditate about this one. Wow, how can they say, I can do this? I really appreciate. You know, as the continental director of the America, sometimes I feel so much heavy responsibility. Then God gives me always wisdom. Treat yourself as God's, as God's belonging. If you have that kind of mindset, then God said, I will do everything. No worries. No worry. Just treat you. You believe in you. You belong to God. If you have that kind of mindset, that kind of belief, and the rest, I will do everything for you. You need to deny yourself. Okay? You belong to God. 
If you have that kind of faith, that kind of mindset, the rest are everything. Wow. Then I liberate. I liberate. My brother sends incredible guidance. Right? Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Young, for that beautiful message this morning. So now let us go to our living testimony, which will be given by Bruce Suchard from Chicago. Morning, Dr. Young. Morning, brothers and sisters. Oh, Bruce, long time no see. <laughs> so happy to see you. Dr. Young, I'm driving a school bus every morning, and I listen to you every morning. Oh, thank you, thank you. And it's uh, honestly, I have to say, it's changing and changed my life every oh my single God. day to listen oh to you. Oh, my God. Thank you, Bruce. Also, I'm with a group of uh, AFC brothers. We started praying uh Three years ago, we just celebrated three years every night, nine o'clock prayer every single day for three years, praying for America. Wow. So many dude. times I get the chance to share your words with that group at night. So, wow, wow. I don't know. Up for the weekend. Mm. And it was like her soul was speaking to my soul. Mm. And I thought, well, I wasn't really comfortable to go off with 100 people I didn't know. I was actually very shy in those days. And uh, But her soul said, why don't you come up for the weekend? So I did. And then at the end of the weekend, she said to me again, why don't you stay for the week? So even though I was supposed to go back to Portland, I had a job raising Afghan hounds. and uh, But I said, why don't I stay for the week? Of Okay. And when they registered people, they asked me, how long are you going to stay? And I said, you know, and I know if I don't leave right now, I'll never leave. <laughs> so that was um, about 47 years ago. Yeah. Beautiful experience. Wow. So we the only alone time we had in those days was we had an hour for prayer every day and so i prayed and i prayed and god said three things to me one he said you have to stay with this group for seven years secondly he said you have to be celibate for seven years or until you get married and the third thing is you have to find out if the messiah is on the earth so the first two points, I said, okay, I can do those two things, but I don't know anything about a Messiah. And several months later, during the evening program in San Francisco, while the group was singing Jewish folk songs, and I'm Jewish, the whole room lit up, Dr. Young. It turned golden. And mm. I wasn't a real spiritual person. I didn't run around having spiritual experiences. but that night, the whole during a Jewish folk song, the whole room turned golden, and I knew that Father was the Messiah. Mm. I had a dream about Father, 
And Father touched me in the dream and my whole body went limp. Oh. And I knew from that prayer, from that dream, that I could trust Father. Yeah. The first time I saw Father, he was traveling with Neil Salonen in the fall of 1977. And I was standing right by the uh, hallway. And when Father walked past me, Dr. Young, my whole body started to cry and weep. Mm. And I knew that wasn't me crying. It was my ancestors, my Jewish ancestors that were celebrating that their descendant had met the Messiah. Yeah. Amazing experience. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. So very quickly, I only have mm -hmm. seven to ten minutes. Very quickly, I did my MFT. Mrs. Durst asked me if I wanted to go to New York and train to be an MFT captain. And I said, Mrs. Durst, I love San Francisco. I came here because <laughs> I love San Francisco. And she said, okay, we have another alternative for you. You can work in a Jewish delicatessen that we own in Berkeley, <laughs> in Oakland. <laughs> so I said, okay. So for the next two and a half years, I worked from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. every day selling pastrami and, and coffee. We had like a, a Starbucks. Um, 1982... At the end of the year, my Trinity decided to do a seven-day fast. And we did, but the head of my Trinity didn't tell me we were also leaving for New York to get matched. So I, I got matched. My wife had never seen anybody so skinny. Um, but I got matched in December of 1982 to a beautiful Austrian pianist who was um, had just come. And when we got matched, I said to her, I was so excited because I said at that moment, mother was sitting on the stage of the grand ballroom, the blanket on because she was about eight months pregnant and a couple of the true children with her. And I said to my wife, isn't it amazing at the moment we got matched that mother was here with the two true children? And my wife looked at me and said, I have never seen father before. And she'd only been in the room for 10 minutes when we got mad. <laughs> Amazing. So I remember asking Dr. Durst, I said, Dr. Durst, I'm doing a seven-day fast. How can I drink the holy wine? And he laughed and looked at me and said, what's the point of your seven-day fast? <laughs> so I did drink the holy wine. And uh, in 1982, right before Madison Square Garden, my wife's green card was running out. So um, we went to Las Vegas. She was in Denver, and I was in San Francisco. We met halfway in Las Vegas, and we got married. Then we wanted to do what father was doing at that time. His father was had a condition to always eat at McDonald's. And so we wanted to unite with him, so we went to McDonald's for our honeymoon. We were then blessed at Madison Square Garden, and then I went to the seminary immediately after Madison Square Garden. And one year later, I wrote to Mr. Tate, because my wife was on MFT in Los Angeles, and asked if she could come to seminary. And he, to me, it was amazing. He said, sure, go ahead. <laughs> so we spent the next two years together hmm. at the seminary, still being hmm. living separately. 
Hmm. But getting to know each other by walking together every night, we walked down to the Hudson River. And one hmm. night, uh, even though everybody was scared to death, they let us go on Father's Trail all night to pray hmm. all night. Hmm. It was the most amazing prayer of my life. All of a sudden, it was 6 a.m. And I don't remember anything for the last six hours. Beautiful, but beautiful. I couldn't have been sleeping or I would have fallen over. Yeah, I think. Quickly conclude yeah. here. Yeah. Saying that those three years, it was a Danbury time. It was very difficult. But those three years at seminary, Father came up many times. And I had a deep prayer when I first got there. I asked God. I said, I've been in college seven years of college already. I've been in school all my life. Why in the world did you send me to go to school again? The father said very simply, so I can be with you. And for those three years, I spent Beautiful. as much time as possible on father's trail and mother's trail. You are really filial son. Wow. Absolutely follow. Thank you so much, Bruce. Mm. Just conclude one more minute. Uh, yeah, I think we time already passed too much. So anyway, uh, make it a quick uh, conclusion. Okay, I just want to say that I learned to witness with Sherry Ruder, who taught natural witnessing, and that was that you witnessed whoever you are with, wherever you are. Hmm. And I have my first spiritual children, three spiritual children. The first one I met on the beach, selling flowers. The second one I met, at our restaurant in Oakland, and the third one I met in the Kingston YMCA in a hot tub. Hmm. <laughs> so that's just what I wanted to say. Yeah. Thank Nothing you so much, again. Bruce. Thank you oh, so yeah. much. You're changing my oh, life. You're really, really beautiful and beautiful testimony. Thank you so much. Wow. I'm so glad to see your face today. Come, Samida. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you so much, Uncle Bruce, for yeah, that wonderful yeah, testimony. Um, and thank you, Dr. Yong, for your beautiful message today. Something that I took from today's um, message was that the work of salvation equals the providence of restoration. So one way that we can make sure that we fulfill that is that we remind ourselves that we belong to God. So what are the ways that we can serve God? It's by fulfilling our 1% of portion of responsibility and yeah, doing everything yeah. we can to move forward with God at our center. So thank you very much, Dr. Young, for this wonderful message today.